Well, praise the Lord. This here is Pastor Jerry once again coming to you wherever you're at. Living room, car, jogging out there, praise God, whatever. we got so many different devices nowadays that a uh, uh, way of picking things up, whether our Roku, whether we got uh, Vimeo, podcasts, all that kind of thing. So, again, it's always a privilege, always an honor to bring the Word of God to you. Uh, today, uh, once again, uh, you know, this being kind of like a midweek service for us, we're going to be uh, coming out with our main text, uh, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So let's go ahead and jump right into the Word, praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 11 says, Now all these things happened to them, of course, in context, talking about the patriarchs, uh, uh, actually talking about the children of Israel, okay, so... Uh, anyway, we're talking about our patriarchs of faith from week to week, but this here is talking about the children of Israel uh, while they were in the wilderness. And it said, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition or our teaching or our instruction upon whom the ends of the age have come. Now, the bottom line is, is this, you know, everything that happened, uh, you know, our patriarchs of faith, everything that happened with the children of Israel, all is uh, types, shadows of Scripture also says in Hebrews uh, this text says examples. Uh, all this stuff happened uh, to them as examples for you and me to learn from. Uh, again, good, bad, and ugly, right? Uh, this in text here is talking about some things that happened to them that weren't so good, uh, things that they brought upon themselves, and as a result of it, now here they are wandering around in a wilderness, uh, which was, by the way, never the plan of God. It was just uh, what had happened based on their own choices and decisions. Now, you and me, as believers here in this uh, day and age, here we are reading uh, out of the you know new covenant, amen, and reading something that was even written you know over two thousand years ago, but yet still applies to you and me. And that's what he says in this text. You know, uh, you know this even to the ends of the ages. This is applies to all of us. All right, things we can learn uh, from the children of Israel. And of course, as we've been bringing out for the last, uh, you know, pretty much for months now, talking about our patriarchs of faith, we've dealt with everybody from David, Abraham, Joshua, Gideon, uh, Caleb, uh, Enoch, I think was one of them we did, and um, Daniel. Uh, last week, we actually pulled a new covenant uh, believer, uh, patriarch of faith, uh, which was Paul. Uh, we talked some things about his life, kind of felt led to do that last week. Uh, this week, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Job's life, um, maybe in a little bit different than what, what uh, you might be thinking, um, but uh, we're going to go to the book of James, chapter 5, please, book of James, chapter 5, and some things kind of jumping at me um, and how it applies to you and me, um, you know, just like every week. Um, but uh, hopefully, again, it's going to come at you in a way that uh, meets you where you're at, uh, gives us some insight, some understanding. At the same time, give us something to grow and learn from. Amen. And so I'm going to go to verse 7. Verse 7, we're going to, maybe I should do is read through some of this and then come back up here. So let's do this. Verse 7 of chapter 5 says, therefore be patient. Okay, that's going to be a key word here. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer uh, waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently, there it is again, uh, for it until uh, it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Here we go. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be, uh, lest you be condemned. 
behold, the judge is, is standing at the door. Uh, it goes, uh, goes on, my brethren, take uh, the prophets who spoke in, in the name of the Lord as an example. There we go again. Okay, so now we're talking about, again, some of our patriarchs of faith again. Uh, as an example of suffering and patience. There we go again. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure, which is, we're going to kind of define all this here in a minute. Uh, you have heard the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now, if you remember on Job's life, um, uh, you know, at the end there, everything basically doubled. Um, the, let's see, I think it's the message translation says, you have heard of Job's staying power. That's what it uses there. So instead of perseverance in the New Covenant, um, I think it even says uh, patience in the, old or in the Old King James. Um, New King James, again, persevering. And the message, it says staying power, which is a key word because really I think I might even title it staying power. And the reason being is because all the words that we look through here, there, some of them have you know, a little bit different, different tweak in the definition, but they all refer to staying power. Okay, uh, so again, message translation, you have heard of Job's staying power and how uh, God brought it together there in the end. So let me define staying power. I'll do that real quick and then um, kind of get in what we got for you today. Uh, staying power just uh, means endurance, speaks of stamina or backbone or resilience. These are all synonyms to this. It also uses the word resistance, which means uh, resistance in the area of, of not giving up and quitting, okay? So you, uh, you purpose to resist giving up and quitting, all right? Uh, staying power is the capacity, that's how it defines it, it is the capacity or capability of a person to overcome adversity, pressure, and even we're going to find out maybe even correction, things that uh, come that somehow uh, try to, um, you know, pressure an individual one way or another, okay? So um, staying power, all right? So Job was a man that had staying power, all right? Um, let's, uh, maybe I'll do it this way. Um, let's look at Job's life briefly. Um, I'm probably not going to uh, turn to anything, uh, but just for sake of time. But in the book of Job, um, you see a lot of things. You know, we hear a lot of things about Job, and, you know, depending on what, you know, where you're out of, what your back, uh, background is as far as doctrine, uh, a lot of times, you know, Job, you know, gets, you know, the life of Job and how bad and everything, and, and it was. The first two chapters of the book of Job, um, all hell breaks loose, okay? And uh, we find out mainly because of a, a, a wrongdoing, okay? It was uh, Job's fear that kicked the door open to this, okay? Um, but all hell breaks loose. He loses all of his possessions. He, he loses his kids, um, his health gets affected, um, and uh, uh, he, you know, uh, even as, it got so bad that even his own wife said, man, why don't you just curse God and die, you know, and, but he wouldn't do that, okay, he persevered, um, you know, it wasn't fun, uh, made a few mistakes along the way, um, chapter 3 of Job is a, really, he goes into almost self-pity uh, because of what happened from chapter 4. To, I believe chapter uh, 31. So we've got nearly 30 chapters, you know, um, you know, 28 to 30 chapters in there uh, where his friends <clears throat> come along 
And it's this conversation, this dialogue between him and his friends. And friends are trying to figure out, you know, what maybe Job did wrong for God to do all this. They assumed it was God doing all this to him. And even Job thought it was God doing it to him. And, and, uh, and then uh, come, to find, you know, come to find out that, you know, they got in trouble for what they said. And he got in trouble for what he said. Okay, so uh, he not only got in trouble for falling in under fear, he got in trouble for his words. Uh, the, his friends got in trouble for, for what they said. But anyway, if you take up from chapter 32, you see about, uh, uh, about five, six chapters where Elihu comes in. Basically, he was a young guy kind of in the picture here, and um, he is hearing this whole conversation go on, okay? And so he's hearing Job say things, he's hearing his friends say things, and then Job trying to justify himself and all this kind of stuff. Well, finally, Elihu uh, kind of had enough of it all, okay? And, you know, by, by the word of the Lord, and actually we find out later it was definitely a word of the Lord, um, he rebukes Job, he rebukes Job's friends, okay? And, and basically, like I said, several chapters he's dealing with this, and then God takes over like around chapter 38 and follows in uh, with the same kind of rebuke. And so he's rebuking Job for things and rebuking uh, you know, uh, basically tells Job, you're going to have to pray for your friends because of what they said, okay? So we basically get then to the last chapter, chapter 42, and we see where, you know, Job answers, Job repents, Job prays for his friends, and then basically everything's restored, okay? He has ends up double, you know, of what he started with, okay? So that is Job in a nutshell, Okay, and so now you can understand why I'm not going to go back and read through all of it. But the idea is here is Job uh, persevered. Okay, Job had staying power, even though he made some mistakes. Okay, um, but he uh, he got it right, got things turned around, and everything moved forward. All right, and he ends up better in the end than, than he ever was. So we're not making light of what Job went through. Um, you know, you think about, you know, people going through things. Ain't nobody that I know of that's ever gone through this kind of, uh, this kind of a living hell that he went through. Um, and yet I got people all the time quitting around you. You know, people that, that give up and quit and people that, uh, you know, just don't have, just don't stay with it, okay? And I'm kind of really, you know, letting the cat out of the bag here a little bit in the beginning here. But um, this is really what it's about. This is what he's talking about in this text here in James 5, that, you know, even though, you know, Job went through all that he went through, okay, um, he still stayed with God. He didn't back down. And in the end, things ended up better, and that's where you see God's compassion and mercy uh, come, out, come over not only, uh, not only Job, but also his friends, okay? And there's, you'll see some, you know, if you read through that, you see that. And so I just wanted to bring out this thing about Job, that Job persevered, okay? Job didn't just persevere in the affliction and the hardship that he went through. Job persevered even in the correction, okay, which is pretty huge, okay? He was corrected, you know, by God. He was corrected by Elihu, 
Um, you know, there was even a few things that his friends said that, yeah, he, you know, that was accurate, okay, and he had to deal with, you know, and it was hard to deal with it. But what happened was then he, he kind of slid a little bit into uh, self-justification, trying to justify himself. But in the end, it was like it was to no avail because in the end it was like, you know what, it doesn't matter whether you're trying to justify yourself or not. If you're doing it wrong, you need to change it. And that's why Elihu then came in, and that's why even the Lord in the end uh, dealt with that too. So my thought to you, you know, we're, we're in a society. Um, I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking here without, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of rolling with this. I hope you're, you're okay with that. We're in a society now where it's just easy to, uh, to give up and quit. It's easy to just get offended and, you know, tuck tail and run. You know, it's easy to uh, just get mad at everybody and point your finger at everything and try to self-justify ourselves even though what we're doing isn't right. And I'm not trying to make this a message of rebuke. I, that's not my heart, okay? But my heart is that I, I look around in our society and we see all kinds of things going on and you see, uh, you know, people thinking they're justified in certain things when they're not. And uh, they just... Uh, they just go on, and one bad thing leads to another bad thing, which you're going to see something here in a second, too, on that. But it crept in, it's crept into the church, that kind of mindset, that kind of mentality. But I believe, okay, I believe that there is a remnant on planet Earth, a remnant of God on planet Earth, who isn't looking for the, you know, the easy way out. They're, they're looking to just do what's right no matter, you know, no matter what is needed to be done. They're going to do what's right because it is right. And, and I believe you know, in the end that's where, Job, that's where Job was different than some because he went through everything he did, all the, the affliction, the hardship, um, the, the pressure of everything going on. Um, all that he, you know, just a, a lot of serious things that he dealt with, and yet, and, and yet being corrected on some of the things that he was doing wrong, and even though he struggled for a few minutes in there, he still got his head right, he got his heart right, and he got his mouth right. And in the end, that's why the door was wide open for God now to restore what needed to be restored, even though it was the enemy that, that ransacked his life, you know. And so I just... Uh, I just think there, that's what we can learn from Job's life. Amen. So let's, let's go back into James in uh, chapter 5 again. And uh, let's take a look at some of these verses. Okay, because remember now, this whole thing was, is in, uh, this thing about Job is in the middle of a statement here. And he says this, uh, verse 7 again, Be patient, brethren. So it's talking to the church. Be patient, brethren. Until the coming of the Lord, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently, okay, for it until it receives the early and latter rains. Now, I've done a lot of messages on patience. Um, this uh, particular word here on, uh, on this verse, um, and also in the next, uh, next verse here, uh, it says, You also be patient, okay, establishing your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. In other words, set yourself to do what's right here, okay, because you know, the, the, the return is soon, okay? So, patience here. This word, makroth um, u okay? Big old long word, right? And, uh, but it just means to be long-spirited, okay? Uh, long-spirited or long-suffering, 
or to patiently endure. That's why it uses the word patient. Um, you get a little bit further down here, and you get into like verse uh, 10, uh, actually verse 11, down here into verse 11, and we count them blessed who endure. Okay, this is hupomune, which means to pres uh, uh, persevere, persevere, pardon me, persevere, fortitude, to stay with it, um, uh, staying power, okay, and then that's in that same verse, uh, it says, uh, you know, it's talking about the perseverance of Job, which is also hupomune, uh, uh, so there's hupomune, ano, and hupomune, okay, and I'm stumbling over my word a little bit there, but it's, uh, the point being is that they're, they're kind of all come out of these same root, but they all have just based on how they're used in the sentence here. But this, again, means patience, cheerful endurance, constancy, which many times I've taught on constancy or continuancy, okay, because that's a big, big part of this. But it, it deals, again, all of them deal with staying power, okay, sticking with it. Stay with it, no matter what you're dealing with. Okay, no matter what's going on. And if you back up here into verse 9, okay, you know, he talks about being patient, verse 7 and 8. In verse 10, he's talking about the prophets of old and their, their example of staying patient, right, and enduring, perseverance of Job. But verse 9 is right in the middle. It says, do not grumble against one another. And it says, brethren. So it's taught in the church, okay, do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you become condemned. And it says, behold, uh, the judge is standing at the door. And, and a lot of times, in fact, our, uh, our translation, it, it capitalizes that word judge as if it was the Lord. And in all honesty, it's, it's really talking about judgment standing at the door, okay? Not really talking about the Lord himself standing there ready to judge you or condemn you. That's not, that's not what he's he just showing you uh, what the scriptures confirm that, you know, if you're going to be condemning or judgmental, guess what? It's, it's, it's standing at the door, and you sow it, you reap it. And that's, that's, how, that's what he's, he's just confirming that. That's what James is confirming here. But let's look at this for a minute because it says, do not grumble. Okay, this word grumble here, um, stenazo is the Greek word. It means to murmur. Uh, it even refers to holding grudge or to be griped, to groan. It literally means to make it straight, to make it straight, okay, which means to turn a bad thing into a worse thing. Okay, that's what I was mentioning a little earlier. So, you, you know, you, you have a bad thing going on, and if you don't watch it, pretty soon we begin to gripe, grumble, complain, and what we do is we turn a bad thing into a worse thing. And I don't know if that's proper English, but I think you get the point. Um, make it batter to batter, you know, batter, bad to batter to baddest, uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, is you, you make one, something that maybe isn't good, and you turn it and make it even worse because we sit and get upset about everything. And to me, okay, we're not doing any good by doing that. Why not just, you know, learn from it, grow? I mean, if there's something to address, we address it. Or something to pray about, we pray about it. Or something to repent from, we repent from it. Um, something we need to apologize for, we apologize for it. Um, but I believe, just like Job, you know, in, in some of his correction, even though it wasn't fun, 
Sometimes that isn't always fun to swallow, and you could tell he struggled with it for some of it. But somewhere along the line, he got, he got his head right. And uh, I believe when Elihu began to talk to him, uh, you know, we got this young guy that basically sat there for, uh, we don't know the length of time. Like I said, it was about, you know, 28, 29 chapters, whatever it was, that they're carrying on this dialogue, uh, him and his friends. Well, Elihu just kind of got tired of it. It was very obvious that, you know, we're, you know, this isn't, this shouldn't be said. You guys are saying some things uh, about Job you shouldn't be. You're saying some things about God you shouldn't be. And uh, here and now, uh, Job is trying to just himself, justify himself, so self-justification, I mean, that's not no good. And I, I think once he got it all turned, you know, of course, everything now, he got room for God to move now. And I think that's what we have to learn from this in Job's life, that, you know, sitting there grumbling, being in self-pity and self-justification is never going to get anything done. Um, you know, a lot of times people, you know, have an opinion. And sometimes their opinion could, could be based on some true things. It could, could even be in a, a correct opinion, or it may not be a correct opinion. It just might just be their own, you know, it could just be their viewpoint through, you know, tainted glass, you know, being tainted through rose-colored glasses or whatever they say, you know. But uh, it could be all kinds of things. And again, I feel like I'm just kind of running on here, but I just... I, I felt like with Job's life, that was one of the things. Job got some of this stuff right. You know, even his own wife was telling him to just curse God and die. And he knew that wasn't right, you know. You know, he struggled with fear. You know, the thing I feared the most has is, is come upon me, and he gets dealt with that. Uh, he, he gets dealt with his words. You know, he goes on and tells that, you know, how how forceful are right words, and he understood that. But then he tried to justify himself in it, and then he gets rebuked for that, and then he just kind of this whole mess. And the point I'm trying to make is we're not, we're not downing Job for the mistakes he made. Um, we're not going to glorify Job for all, that he, you know, all the negative stuff he went through. We ain't going to do that either, okay, because some of that stuff happened based on mistakes. Okay, it's no different than the children of Israel. A lot of times people want to, you know, the, you know, somehow they glorify these 40 years they were in the wilderness. No, they were in the wilderness because of mistakes. People died because of mistakes. Serpents came in because they dropped the hedge. They walked out from their coverings. All this kind of stuff happens because there's mistakes. There are things going on right now, you know, across this world because of mistakes made. Things happening in this nation because of some mistakes made. Things happening in our own communities and in our own homes because of some mistakes made. Now, we don't sit here and, and get all upset about it and, and you know, let, let a bad thing become worse. What we do is we learn from it. But I'm going to tell you this. You ain't going to give up and quit because you got a little pressure going on. Because something is happening you don't understand, or because somebody said something you didn't like, or because maybe even because you got corrected. I've had many people leave the church over the years because you had to correct something and they didn't like being corrected. Well, nobody really likes to be corrected, but sometimes we need to be corrected. But that don't give you a reason to tuck tail and run. So we're called to continue. 
Stay with it. Have staying power. Amen. Regardless of, you know, what's going on, regardless of who agrees with you or not, regardless of whether you did something right or did something wrong or, or whatever, we're going to have staying power because that's what we do. And to me, that's what we learn from Job's life. The man had staying power. He still stuck around. He never did curse God. He had a few wrong opinions about what was going on, but he didn't curse God. He didn't give up on God. And as a result of it, you know, God uh, dealt with him and gave him instruction on what he had to do, and he did it, followed through. Amen. And as a result of it, everything gets turned around. So these are some things you can learn from it. So let's maybe, what I'd like to do is kind of look at some of this thing about staying power, sticking with some things. Um, and so uh, I want to go uh, to, uh, let's see here, let's go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, please, all right? 2 Timothy, and let's go to um, chapter 3, praise the Lord. Now, I hope you got something out of all that. I know I kind of lingered there a little bit, but uh, um, to me, it just kind of sets it up, you know, with what we got rest, for the rest of this. I'm going to do uh, verse, um, chapter 3, verse 10. Yeah, let's do that. It says, uh, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, uh, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, here we go, love, perseverance, uh, persecutions, in other words, been, uh, you know, going through pressure or pressure from people is what it's dealing with, affliction, which means hardship again, uh, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. If you remember, if you go back in Acts and read about what all Paul went through there, uh, it was pretty serious. I mean, they literally, uh, you know, stoned him to death, and they got, he got raised up. He went right back in the city to go, go preach again. Man, this boy, nothing seemed to stop him. Why? Because he had staying power, man. He kept with it, all right? But he said this, uh, he says, What persecutions I endured, and he said, And out of them all the Lord delivered me. Praise God. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer some form of persecution. Okay? Again, that word persecution means some form of pressure. Okay? And that one actually deals more primarily with pressure from people. Okay? That could be good. That could be bad. You think, well, why, how could that ever be good? Well, sometimes, you know, you're being pressured to do what's right. And to you, it's just pressure. You don't like it. Uh, but you, but you gotta, you gotta be okay with, with making some adjustments and changes along the way, and be okay with being called out on the carpet if need be. All right. And again, I ain't making this a, a rebuke message. I'm just trying to show you that there's all kinds of things that go on, and especially when you deal with the life of Job, it wasn't just all the junk that he went through. We're talking about some of the stuff, man. Even when he felt like he was at his worst. You know, that's why, you know, he, he kind of got a little upset a little bit about him when they were trying to correct him about some things because he felt like you're kicking me while I'm down. But in all honesty, you know, sometimes, you know, while you're down, it's a good time to take a look, reevaluate your life. Maybe it's, you know, I'm tired of being on the ground. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of being, uh, you know, mowed over. I'm tired of being taken advantage of. I'm tired of being ripped off. I'm tired of, well, maybe then we need to reevaluate some things, okay? But most people ain't going to do that if they're not willing to stick with it and stay with it. We either tuck tail and run or we just ignore it or we 
shove it back in the closet or sweep it under the rug and, instead of dealing with things. And uh, so he, and he goes on here and he says, he said, uh, let's read verse uh, 12 again. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But he says even evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it is. It's out there. It's all over the place, all right? But you must continue. There's that word, okay? And I believe that's hupomone, okay? Same word used uh, describing Job, okay? You must continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And it says, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. And, of course, this is Paul talking to Timothy, all right? You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, here we go, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Isn't that the idea? To become what? Complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work? Isn't that, the, isn't that what we're headed for? Well, then you can't have that without having some of these other verses ahead here. Now, I just, for whatever it's worth, when you go into 2 Timothy, I mean, from the beginning, I mean, you got chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. They're all dealing with, okay, growing up, making adjustments, being more effective being more uh, useful for the master. I mean, these are all things that you're doing. Well, you're going to have to take some form of, you know, correction, some form of instruction that maybe at times isn't what you want to hear, but you've got to be okay with that. And you're going to have to have what he says here, some staying power, right? You're going to have to, verse 14, uh, he says, you must continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of. Okay, well, why does he say you, 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 know, you must continue? Well, because you must. That's what it's about. You know, maybe you're dealing with things. You know, he even says there, there's even imposters out there. They go out there and say stuff. And that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, that there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. I mean, it's just stinking crazy. All right? It, it just, none of it makes a, a bit of sense. Uh, you know, it's just the world's gone nuts, okay? And they all think it's okay. Okay, the, the prophets of the land think it's okay. Well, it ain't okay, but they're out there, okay? And then it, what happens before long, it creeps into the church, and then you got people in the church thinking the same thing, thinking it's okay, it ain't okay, okay? It goes contrary to the Word. It goes contrary to the ways of God. That's why you got a purpose to be part of that remnant that the Word talks about, Okay? The people of God who choose the way of God, no matter what's going on, no matter what anybody else thinks, and be okay with not only uh, you know taking the right steps, but being okay with making adjustments when you need to, Amen. And and I think that's where uh, you know that's where this staying power is so necessary. It's not just in the pressure moments of all the things that are weighing against you, warring against your household or your church, or, or your health, or whatever. It's not just that. It's also having staying power when you're, in a sense, being corrected. Or something about your life's being looked at, kind of, you know, somehow held up into the light. And you know as well as I do, when the lights come on, all the cockroaches fly. I mean, they, I mean, they take off. They're going everywhere, you know. And uh, now I, I grew up in an area where they had that kind of thing. So, 
you know, it's, you know, maybe it's sometimes it's kind of funny to laugh at when you see it all, but when it's your house, it ain't funny. Okay, so anyway, the point is that sometimes your life gets held before the light and sometimes you got to make adjustments. You know, you're holding an attitude you got no business holding. You're holding on a grudge about something you shouldn't be holding. You got an opinion about something that needs to just change. Okay, because it ain't right. Okay, uh, you know, there's something... Uh, you know, that, that you're not liking, and, and so in order, in order to make that, you know, it's like the old crazy thing. This is insanity. When you, when you think you can keep doing the same thing and, nothing, you know, think something's going to change. It ain't going to change. See, you don't change until you're willing to make some changes, all right? And I kind of felt like maybe, you know, again, we're, you, you're thinking maybe I'm coming at you with some kind of rebuke, and it's not. It's just, it just I think about, um, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, all the stuff that goes on. And, and really in my own life even, I have stopped and looked at my own life, even through all this mess that goes on around us, you know, it's happening everywhere. And, you know, you can look out there and say, man, that's nuts and that's crazy and that's idiotic and that's stupid and oh my God. And we could do that all day long. And, and I'm not even saying that maybe you're, you're, you're all wrong even with some of that stuff, but, I'm, but, but it comes down to this. I, even though all that's going on, I still have to take a look at me. I still have to take heed to my life. And then little things, you know, about my attitude or my, you know, uh, you know, how I'm handling something, my words, my actions. So I've stopped and take a look because I'm still accountable. And if you go back, you know, even in that verse in James when he says, you know, that, you know, judgment's standing at the door. And you know, there's a lot of things, and this is how a lot of stuff that's bad gets worse. Because we, we don't choose the higher road in some things. And then what happens is we, 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 we hook up because of everything that's going on. Pretty soon it's, it creeps into our home, and then we're making judgment calls. And next thing you know, it goes from bad to worse. But if we would keep God involved in it, if we would... Regardless of what's going on, if we would keep God, amen, our, in our mind, we keep God in our thoughts, we keep God, amen, as far as His ways, uh, the higher ways, okay? And if we will do that, regardless of what's going on around us, see, we're going to have the results of God. Why? Because it's the promise. See, it all turned for Job when Job repented and did what God had asked him to do, and then he did it, and all of a sudden everything turned. Everything turned. And, uh, you, know, you know, again, not making light of what Job went through. Oof, mercy. You know, but, but some of that all snowballed because of choices and bad decisions. And then one bad decision led to another bad decision, more bad words and more off opinions, and it just, it just went from bad to worse. And so what we're trying to talk to you about today is that regardless, you know, we stay with it. We continue in what we know. You know, walking in love isn't just for certain key moments, you know, walking with mercy or forgiveness or compassion isn't just for certain key moments. It's a lifestyle. Walking in faith is not 
you know, a momentary thing, only when you go to prayer, you know. No, faith is faith. We live by faith, okay? And patience, you know, it even says through faith and patience we inherit the promises in Hebrews 6, all right? Uh, you know, uh, through patient endurance. It talks about, you know, about Abraham's life in, in uh, Hebrews 6, and I think verse 15, you know. And uh, we, we can kind of go on and on. You know, James 2 talks about, you know, uh, you know, when the pressure's on, that's, that's how really where you find out where your, your, your patience level is, your, your staying power is, all right? But through your patience, you know, it talks about, you know, all things good start turning and happening, praise God, because you, you have staying power. Everything turns and shifts, and you end up on top, praise God. So, I mean, no matter how, what verses you pull out, when you start talking about continuance or patience or endurance, these are all words that come out of that same, uh, you know, Greek word there. And uh, it's all dealing with staying with it. If you just stay and do the right thing, you'll end up with the right results. Regardless of what everybody else is doing or choosing or saying, regardless of what's happening around the world, you can still have God moving in your household. You can still have God manifesting himself uh, in, in your home, in your life, your marriage, your family, your finance, your church. We can, go, we can just kind of go on and on. Your health, your, we can go on and on and on. And all about because you choose to stay with it, to continue. Amen. To continue. And that's what Job's life, that's what, it, that's what we found in Job's life. The man still came, he still continued, he still stayed with it. Amen. Uh, even through the ups and downs, even through even the corrections, uh, you know, uh, he, he stayed with it. So my, my thought to you today, maybe it's just kind of a question before I let you go. Um, how about you? Are you going to uh, be a part of that remnant? You know, this is not just a challenge to, you know, my, uh, my church and, and, you know, our parishioners here. This is a challenge to anybody that's watching. Anybody's listening. You know, are you going to be a part of that remnant of God that chooses to stay with it regardless? And it is a choice. You know, just to continue in what you know you should do or say uh, or believe. Okay. Are you going to stay with it? Or are you going to, uh, you know, find a reason to you know, do something else and try to self-justify yourself and make excuses and, you know, point your finger here or there or whatever. You have to make that choice. My guess is, you know, or my, you know, my thought is let's choose life. You know, as for me and my household, isn't that what Joshua says? As for, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. That's what we're going to do. And uh, even though the world's gone nuts, in a lot of ways, we're going to choose life, and we're going to serve God anyway. Well, I hope uh, that's your choice. Amen. I know most of you listening, yes, probably exactly what you're believing and what you're standing for, and for that I'm appreciative. So I appreciate you allowing me to uh, maybe do this a little different today. Um, it ended up way different than I thought it was going to be, but, uh, but nevertheless, I think it was a God thing, and I believe you had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I just give you praise and glory once again. I'm thankful for this people. Thankful for uh, 
uh, people that really did have uh, an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord God, for taking us all a little higher, growing us up. Thank you for a mature people, a people, Lord God, that choose you, choose your ways, your principles, amen, your statutes, amen, how you've designed things, amen. They, they lean on you, trust in you, regardless of what's going on around them. And Father, we do take note, and as the, uh, the life of Job and uh, him as an example of the things he did do right, and for that, we're grateful. And uh, we give you the praise and the glory, amen, for taking us beyond where we've been. And maybe even like uh, Job's life, turn this thing around and give it all back twice what they had before. Praise God, taking us all beyond where we've been. Hallelujah. Pointing us toward our destiny. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.